Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, I've got a guy who drums in a lot of bands, <laughs> many bands. Um, he's got uh, uh, the, the, the projects um, he's involved in consist of Hijack, which are dropping their new EP, uh, which is called Rank and File, on Friday. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, he's also in the band Onyx Cone. Yep. Uh, he is in the band Analog Porn. Yep. He's in the band Pax. Yep. And he occasionally drums with uh, the Unscripted and Friends. And then what was the last one? A Smidge of Evil. A Smidge of Evil. He uh, Just a tiny bit, which is <laughs> fitting with a cat on just the Just a wee bit. Now. Yes, wee bit. <laughs> yeah, that's very fitting. Um, yeah, uh, he came well dressed for the occasion because he matches my cat. Yes. And, um, He's a very friendly guy. I've had nothing but good things to say about him. Uh, so I'm excited to talk to him about his artistry, why he does what he does, and how he does all the things he does. So, Ron Terrell, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. You're and welcome. definitely an honor to be here. Dude, my pleasure, man. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Not scaring Lucia away. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh man, that's, uh, that's all the perfect. loveliness. That's all the, perfect. All the hams. Yeah, it's uh, it's the nice guy beer. I've I've slid in their DMs and everything. I'm waiting for a sponsorship. <laughs> I hope I hope 2020 is my year. Maybe the Brash Menagerie can help out with that. Mm. Maybe because they are each time we play a uh, festival called Danger Fest. Okay, I love it because <clears throat> we like rent out a hotel and we have like 18 punk bands inside of one hotel room. Oh, wow. Uh, not one hotel room, one hotel building. Oh, shit, okay. So there's just 30 packs of hands and oh, PDRs <laughs> and like, yeah. game systems in each room, and it's just one awesome night. Plus also a concert, that's which awesome. is very awesome, too. It does sound really awesome. A, a hotel full of punk bands? Like, yep. that sounds like <laughs> that sounds like a, the Century's party right now. Mm-hmm. Um, February 22nd, if you want to come up to Marshfield, there you go. I'll keep that date remembered. Um, so... Um, yeah, uh, so dude, uh, so what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, um, we talk love and fear through our passionate and creative minds. Um, Perfect. <laughs> I believe we had been connected on uh, Facebook for some time, uh, on social media, but I didn't actually like get to like meet you in, in person and talk to you until I covered uh, Onyx Cone yep. at Bremen uh, down the street uh, early September. Yep. That was a really good show night that night because it was so much going on like on that bill like you had audible kink folk duo mm -hmm. you had uh what else was there uh it was you guys yep and there was um it was the quills yes yeah which was amazing the quills, the quills are, are just amazing shout out the quills yep. um they were absolutely their their machinery that whole setup like the just the really vibrant light display just all the like, um, they, they definitely, they take up the room. All the light, it's actually interesting because I believe we were second on that bill mm -hmm. because Audible King kicked it off. Yeah. And it's always interesting thinking like stage dynamics of like who has what gear. Yeah. Yeah. The Quills don't have a drummer. So it's like, oh, okay, fair enough. I'll just set up in the back corner. I get there, light bars everywhere, yeah. <laughs> lasers everywhere. Like, 
All right, I can play in this tiny little corner. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just scrunch up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's that's that's a uh, that's the Bremen stage for you. It's like it's almost kind of just like a ledge. Um, <laughs> you know, it, sometimes like band members like sometimes they can pull it off fitting the entire band on stage, but sometimes they gotta set up on the floor depending on just how big their presence is. I've seen a band that's like that'd be like eight or nine people. But basically the entire, like, half of the room was the band. <laughs> was it Astral Sebastral? No. Uh, oh, okay. Just, just had to ask. No, it was a band from Chicago called Glad Rags. Okay. Uh, they were okay. really, really good. Um, but, yeah, uh, I do love Bremen a ton. Um, just because it's, it's just so, like, close to home, you know? It's, I, I love it's the, homey. It's yeah. just, like, an encompassing... It's like if Cheers had a punk scene. Mm. That would be Bremen. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. It's um, I love all the stickers. I love all the, I just love the um, I love the bathroom. Because <laughs> it's just a closet and a toilet. Um, straight up punk bathroom as well. It's so punk. It's it is, so DIY and punk. It's be- it's beautiful. Yeah, it is so punk. Um, yeah, man, I I love. It. Do where do you live? I now live in Stalys. I grew up as a North Sider actually. I see. Sure. And. Um, I moved from uh, 35th and Hampton to okay. 102nd Cleveland, and luckily, still no bullet holes, no. so all good. <laughs> well, that's good. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. good. Um, sure. Uh, I'm originally from the Chicago area. Oh, okay. came up here for UWM, and then so you're a Panther. Then I am a Panther. Go gotcha, Panthers. gotcha. Yes. Um, I uh, yeah, I started um, getting in touch with the music scene once I um, mostly when I got in touch with Alan. Okay. Uh, who uh, runs Breaking and Entering? Yep. Started writing for all the shows this year, and boy, like it has been. Uh, it's been <laughs> it's a been a phenomenal year. It really has. <laughs> uh, it's been a Pandora's box of everything to cover. Um, you know, I've been running around covering shows like all year, and it went from me thinking I was going to do one show a week when I first started writing, which was in February. Oh, okay. But then by April, I was covering five to six shows a week because <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> so you're doing the writing version of what I normally do drumming then. Yes, exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I still really need to see Hijack. I see your yes, sticker. You <laughs> your stickers are everywhere, man. I see your yes. stickers all over the Thank place. Thank you, Hijack Army. You yeah. have done me proud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see the stickers everywhere. And um, yeah, I... Uh, but it's just the, the sadly I've always been busy for some reason. But I did get to see Onyx Cone, like you said. Oh yeah, you got a taste of uh, the capabilities of my drumming of, abilities. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw about um, a, a fifth of uh, what Ron is uh, out and about doing all these t- all these uh, gigs and whatnot. So. I guess to start, Ron, I'd love to hear a little bit about your own musical background. When did you okay. start uh, playing music as a creative outlet for yourself? Believe it or not, I was actually a guitarist first. Mm. And like back in high school, um, my parents got me a guitar. It was this little first act guitar for Christmas. Saying nice. like, yeah, give this a shot and all. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try and learn this thing. And my chemistry teacher was the one who actually gave me guitar lessons. Oh, wow. So I was That's like, cool. all right, after school, go to uh, my chem teacher, uh, Mr. Chorus, learn how to play a couple chords and try and get articulate in it. From there, um, had the classic high school band that wasn't any good. And <laughs> quite, uh, quite the tale of many. Yes. Yeah. Tried for that and then uh, 
actually the band was called uh, Four Letter Word and did that for eight years. Oh wow, shit, okay. Yeah, and uh, was a guitarist for about uh, six of the, actually no, five of set eight years. Then afterwards I became a bass player for two of those years. And then on the last uh, year, the drummer kind of flaked out, and I was like, well, I can hit things. Nice. And I became a drummer and got a sound percussion kit and been drumming ever since. Awesome. There you go, man. Uh, yeah, so what year, uh, so what was that, what year was that? Oh, boy, that had to been, when I started drumming, probably was 2013, 2012, thereabouts. Oh, wow. So about uh, seven to yeah. I've only been drumming for about years. Six, oh, yeah six to seven years, and that's it. Damn. Well, if everybody keeps hitting me up to drum for them, it's like oh okay. Uh, I'm guessing I'm kind of good and know what I'm doing. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> sure, sure. That, no, that, that, I mean that's awesome. Uh, and and drummers are, to my understanding, hard to come by. There's it's such a buyer's market for drummers. Oh, excuse me, sellers market, sellers market, buyers market. Trying to remember which one is the actual uh, real estate terminal. Oh sure. But like a lot of us drummers are in like five to eight projects anyway, mm -hmm. because yeah. there's so little of us around there. Yeah, yeah. There becomes a lot of, uh, as they like to joke in the Milwaukee music scene, uh, it gets very incestuous <laughs> because of just all the different projects that other that each other's members are in and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is which is really awesome. But when it come, but that can blur the lines over like which band is like, do you <laughs> which band do you identify close most close closely with? Which is, I feel like that's um, a decision a musician has to make later in their career as they as right. a particular project gets more established. But I've yeah. had it where like even playing different gigs for like the five to six projects that I'm in, and people would be texting me is like. Oh, is Hijack playing? Like, no, this is an Alex Cone one. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, is uh, Pax playing? No, this is an AP one. Oh, wow. And it was like, <laughs> no, that, the AP one you're looking for is next week Saturday. The Pax one that I'm doing is actually this week Saturday. The Hijack one that I'm doing is next week Friday in Milwaukee. And then the Onyx Cone is the one that's like three weeks away from now on Friday. And then I got another Onyx Cone one on Wednesday. And I have to like text that to like, I don't know that's how many mouthful. followers yeah. at once. That's a mouthful. <laughs> it's like, okay, here's my actual lineup list. And I still love, uh, what was it, uh, Midwest Original Music Festival. And that was definitely a highlight this year. Mm -hmm. Where awesome. I played four gigs and also seven and a half innings of a punk rock baseball league. Since I'm also in that, I play catcher for uh, Police Hall. Oh, word. And I did... All that in one day. That's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. how, uh, how did you power through that that whole thing? Apparently very well. I think like when I got to uh, gig number three of four, and this was like after the baseball game, like playing catcher, you're basically doing squats the whole entire time. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, my legs were dead. <laughs> like they were clearly dead. And uh, getting thick thighs, man. Yeah, there you go. Thick thighs. They, they are strong, <laughs> strong like bull. And one of the photographers uh, at the event over at JC's that I was playing was like, you know, this is the first time I've ever seen you tired. <laughs> Out of like four years I've known you, this is the first time I've seen you tired. Like, yeah, I was kind of, it's kind of teetering a little bit. And then um, headlining Monfest that same night, and it's like, okay, it's 36 minute burn. That's all I have to live through. 
36 minutes, straight up cardio, 180 BPM, I got this. I am home free. Oh shit. And uh, you pulled it off, yeah? I pulled it off. My guitarist and myself were just like laying on a concrete like foundation patio that was uh, next to the stage afterwards. And there was kind of like, you know how like people make snow angels and all? Mm -hmm. I made like a sweat imprint of my whole entire body out on that. Wow. I was like, finally, it's over. Yes. <laughs> but I did it. Yeah. There you go, man. That's awesome. I mean, hey, there's a certain, uh, there's a certain um, gratification you get from like getting up for like, you know, when you make a snow angel and you get up from it and you look and you just look at it and you're like, Man, I made that just now. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially when it comes to the perspiration from all the hard work <laughs> that you did, and you see that just, you know, in liquid form on the ground, you're like, man, I'm dope. I did all that. I've done four shows and played catcher for seven and a half innings. Yeah. I mean, like, and this is actually, like, fast pitch, too, so, I mean, like, uh, shout out to Jake and Joe. You guys throw some pretty wicked fastballs. I mean, like... Yeah. It's popping the scenes and everything, and I'm thinking a couple times, like, man, I'm hoping I don't get, like, really injured yeah. here. I still got three gigs to play. Damn. <laughs> Holy shit. Dumb. Yeah. Um, but alas, I have no fear. That is commendable, man. <laughs> so which, uh, which of your projects uh, came first? Uh, out of the six projects, Hijack is actually the first one. It was um, kind of... 2014. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of out of the ashes of... Well, slightly out of the ashes of uh, Four Letter Word. And the way that it started was um, Four Letter Word and uh, Max, his band, who's the uh, guitarist for Hijack, uh, the NW, MW case? MC case. NW case. There's uh, so many acronyms out there. Yeah. And uh, pretty much we were two bands that were so lowly in the scene, we couldn't get a third band to open for us oh, for a gig. Yeah. So we manufactured a band. Okay. By uh, his bass player, who was actually kind of doing like double duty at the time. He was playing uh, with uh, Max's band and my band. So the show goes down at uh, the Rockstar Saloon in West Dallas. And Max gave me a couple of songs, and this was back when I was a metal kid. So I was like, okay, got it. Classic uh, emo pop punky stuff, whatever. I, I can do this. Right, yeah. And then I start uh, playing, and it's like, oh, okay. Hey, this guy actually knows a little bit of Led Zeppelin. Alright, I'll, I'll do a John Bonham for him. And he's like, huh, he knows a little bit of blues. Okay, fair enough. And I just started getting interested like as the gig progressed and everything else like that. Um, Max's uncle and dad were uh, in the audience. And Max's uncle pulled uh, Max aside and was like, whatever happens, if that drummer becomes available, you get him. And he was like, huh. And this is, of course, before... I knew any of this. Max actually had to tell me this like after the fact when we started playing in together and all. But I'm guessing the gig just went well without a hitch. So it's like, okay, fair enough. We shook hands. We parted ways. Lo and behold, um, his band breaks up. Full out of work gets said bass player full time. And the bass player breaks that band up. Oh. So I was like, oh, okay. So I'm not doing anything. Max is not doing anything. He messes with me. He's like, hey, uh, that gig at Rockstar really worked. Yeah, it did. So, uh, are you playing anymore? I still have a drum kit. Um, I guess so. And I was like, kind of wavering in between. It's like, well, my band broke up. Do I just continue, since I'm a mechanical engineer, do I just continue becoming an engineer and furthering that? Or, and say like, 
never mind the music, don't play ever again? Yeah. Or do I actually try something? Back in the day, there was this uh, Hello Music thing that was happening, like share this ad to win this, share yeah. or, uh, this ad to win that type thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah, whatever, I'll put in it for a couple. And as I'm debating this, I get an email saying that I want a drum kit. Wow. So I'm like, okay, um, I'm guessing that's a sign that I'm staying in music. <laughs> and then Max, of course, messages me. It's like, okay. So then we started uh, practicing, formulating songs together. Bass player got wind of it, and we both looked at each other like, no. <laughs> both of our projects broke while you were in them. And it was like, call us superstitious, if you will, but we weren't going to take that chance again. Yeah. And that's why we've always been a two-piece. Oh, word. Nice. Well, I mean, if it's been working for five years and you have, what, four albums? Oh, uh, yeah. Something I mean, like uh, the first one was uh, the No Cover album. Then from there, we uh, recorded Williamson Magnetic, which... I'm still going to say is the lost tape. Okay. Because we did like a short EP that was real to real tape, like actual like old school recording style, which was beautiful. We had the recordings. We never actually made them to print. Really? Yeah, so I'm like... You're going to have to leak them someday. <laughs> I, I know, so I mean like if you want, there you go. That is the lost tape if you somehow find these files like out there on the interwebs. Oh wow. There's somewhere... Every, the, everything the is out there. there. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, like, there you go. That's the hijack lost tape that never sure. officially made it to print. Then from there, we did uh, Turn It to Ten. That was a beautiful album. Uh, self-produced, self-recorded. Awesome. Um, we, during our tour in 2017, I want to say? Yeah. Yeah, that was 2017. When we uh, hit Memphis, Tennessee, we actually recorded at uh, the infamous Sun Studios. Where uh, Johnny Cash and uh, Elvis Presley recorded. That's awesome. Yeah, that that was a beautiful experience having like an old school like RCA mic in front of you and all the other ribbon mics in front of you. It's still a functioning recording studio. Damn. And that's there's some uh, real uh, honor to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially playing on a uh, Larry Mullen Jr.'s drum kit. No way. Apparently from, from U2. Yes, from the Rattle and Hum record. I love U2. Like, I actually, in my room, my room's that one right there. Okay. Um, above my bed is this massive U2 poster of, like, every, it's, like, every album of theirs. Yes. Um, my, I have, like, a bunch of their records. Favorite would have to be uh, War. Ooh, yeah. But the Joshua Tree. Josh, I was about to say, is fantastic. the Joshua Tree going to rank up Octum there? Octone okay. Baby's really good, too. So, where does uh, Dismantle, How to Dismantle Atomic Bomb, where does that one rank? Is that like 4th, 5th, somewhere around there? Man, I, see, the crazy thing is, like, I, did anything after, like, in the 2000s, I never mm. really got too into by them. Okay, fair enough, um, fair enough. But, hey, but I mean, like, all that you can't leave behind is still pretty good for right. what it is, you know? Uh, um, how about you? What do you think? Oh, man, I the bad thing is, is like the first time I actually did see U2 live was doing the uh, How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb um, tour tour and all. And I remember being in the Bradley Center for that one and with my former guitarist from Four Letter Word and all. And I still will love this dynamic to this day. I'm guessing it kind of speaks to my character and all. This was back in the day where it's like you had kind of cameras with you and all, and the cell phone separate, so yeah, before like camera yeah. phones and everything. Right. So, you can't have a camera in there. Okay, fair enough. My guitarist's uh, dad snuck one in. Nice. 
I kind of had mine in with me, so I'm just standing shoulder to shoulder, everybody in the crowd and everything else like that, and every once in a while I'll do like a little pop shot. Lo and behold, there was a security guard to my left hand side. Oh my god. And I'm thinking, oh man, am I like, I'm thinking I'm probably like 14, 17, somewhere in the teens basically, so yeah. some, some lowly kid. And I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna confiscate it. And the security guard just looks at me, shoves me in the shoulder, like, don't worry about it, I got mine too. So him and I <laughs> are both like taking pictures back there. Oh my my God. former guitarist oh. is kind of like, he's more like analytical when it comes to music, so he's just in the crowd like doing one of these and just focused, just watching the show. I'm back there with an air guitar line with the security guard and yeah. the people next to me. Oh my God, that's so <laughs> funny. That's hilarious. What a... What a dynamic. Mm -hmm. I um yeah. I don't I don't I get I get mad when people heat on YouTube because like people people give them so much shit. But like honestly I don't understand why. I don't either. They're they one of the most influential bands, man. Like their music is incredibly like I mean for one, I love Bono's voice. Right. I love their riffs. Their songs are the songs have the Edge is a great guitarist, mm -hmm. you know, like, and, and just the, the, how beautifully, like, their songs can tell, like, a politically charged narrative, but also just, like, fucking rock the hell out. I mm -hmm. love that shit so much. And so the whole cohesiveness of, like, everything, of actually having all the colors bleed into one. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we're actually all one soul. We don't necessarily have to have all these conflicting differences. Right. Dude, anyone that tries to talk shit about you two, put New Year's Day on and then come back to me and mm. tell me mm. that you two sucks. Okay? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, so, speaking of which, uh, uh, so, oh yeah, you were talking about Hijack's discography. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, playing on Larry Mullen Jr.'s uh, drum kit down in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and all, and which was definitely an honor. And this probably goes to my credit again, because when I'm like recording or like when I'm working, if you will, I am at, like all business. So it's like get there through the studio, do the tour, and everything else like that. It's like okay, got it. This is what I understood. This is his microphone that he used, which Max actually did sing into said Elvis Presley microphone, which was awesome. Mm. And, but yet again, I was like all focus mode, and the uh, engineer there was like, I know you brought your own drums, but do you mind playing this kit? Like, I look at it, it's like, yeah, it's the same type of setup that I have, one up, one down. Yeah, it's actually Larry Mullen Jr.'s kit. Like, oh, okay, got it. And it's like, yeah, this is actually like, completely glazed over my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. It's like, well, did you want uh, me to use my cymbals, or did you want to use your own? It's like, no, you can actually use these cymbals. Like, hit them, okay. Okay, yeah, this sounds good. Yeah, I'll stay here. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's that's seriously, that is amazing. <laughs> and it didn't necessarily hit me until after we got to the hotel, and I'm just reflecting on, like, all that we did and recorded that day, and it was like, man, I actually legit played in the same room as the uh, Golden Quartet, and I actually did play in the same room as you 2 did for the Rattle and Hum record. And I actually used the same kits from said rattle and home record. It's insane, man. <laughs> and I'm just like reflecting on this at night like, holy cow. Huh. Maybe we will make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And then that went to uh, 
What was the record after that that you guys dropped? Oh, let's see. The one that we did after um, the Sunnyside Up album, which yeah. is the O2 Sun Studios. Sure, yeah. Is now actually going to be the Rank and File EP. Oh, and okay. we still are working with uh, Beyond Audio Recording and Blue Collar Records because we do have a full link coming out in 2020. I'm extremely excited about that one. And what can I say? Jason Otto is just amazing. As Shout out. A, yep. Shout out to Jason Otto. Uh, autos, shout out to Beyond Audio and Recording. You guys, I'm I'm very, I'm not sure, tickled slash amused about this album because a lot of our stuff, yes, we have done the DIY tactic, we have done those type of things, but this is like going to be our first polished album, if you will, and first like record labeled influenced album. Mm-hmm. So I mean like going by that and just saying, all of us agree, granted, we are two people, and we're definitely fine being a two-piece, but we did a lot of collaborations with a lot of other artists and a lot of other voices on this album, just mm-hmm. encompassing like a lot of Milwaukee musicians yeah, and local sure. musicians, so I'm extremely excited for this one. Awesome. Who? Yeah, what Milwaukee musicians did you work with here? Shout out to uh, Schleeberry. Schleeberry? Yes. Oh. Schleeberry is actually on, Oh. definitely on one of our tracks. That's incredible. Actually, she might be on more, but we'll definitely see when the album oh, comes man. out. God damn. Um, shout out to uh, uh, Mark Hubbing because, yes, his voice is also on this album as well. Josh Wilkie, Jembe Josh in the scene oh, wow. will also be on this album. Okay. And uh, Eric, Mr. Massacre, Morrissey, oh, wow. machine gun drummer will yeah. also be on this one too. So, I mean, like, and also um, Andrew Trader. Definitely, uh, I'm trying to remember his previous projects, but it's been a minute since he's been in the music scene, so I kind of like dug him out of the grave for this a little bit. Damn, so you, that is quite a uh, um, collaborative uh, selection you got there. That's exciting, man. Oh yeah, and it's just like, hey, we want to incorporate, I love the Milwaukee scene that much, I was like, Let's see if we can get a couple other uh, people on this, a couple other representatives on it. Mm-hmm. And a lot, a lot of different voices, yeah. a lot of different feels, a lot of different things that just reflect kind of like everything that we are inside and all. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that. about it. Yeah, dude that's, dude, that's amazing. That's, yeah, I mean, no, I'm like speechless about that. That would be really good. I can't wait to hear it. I know. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Encompassing everything from River West to Bayview to downtown to, to the suburbs. Eastside, to the suburbs. Everything and from the falls, Germantown. Um, yeah. No, all you guys. All you guys are getting in on this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what's also crazy is that you met Mark Hubbing at High Five Studio. Yes. That's where I used to do the show. I originally I, I saw was, that actually. Yeah, I was, was watching a couple of your uh, older shows and all, and then also even more your recent shows too. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yes, I, I am excited for the Saxy Cast one. Saxy Cast was uh, just here two days ago, mm-hmm. and um, she she's awesome. Yeah, she, she is. She was real fun to talk to. Um, but yeah, I mean, but that's that's also crazy. Like, because High Five was a huge. Um, I give High Five Studio a lot of credit to jumpstarting my own. Shout out to you, Ryan Rossman. Dude, Ryan love Rossman. you, man. I miss you, Ryan Rossman. Um, but, and Dev Diamond, of and course. And Dev. Yep. Yeah, Dev as well. Um, I I just like, that was where I jumpstarted this whole thing. 
and right, it's kind of cool. Beautiful, and that's cool. That but you jump started that project working with Mark musically through that, and that's it's like those networking jams that occurred there that they like literally served their purpose because of that. Mm-hmm. That's I mean like you know that's uh, that there's definitely uh, worth uh, worth speaking to for sure. I love like the Milwaukee scene that we're that supportive of each other. And I have a, a friend who's currently now in uh, Baltimore, but he was also in the Milwaukee scene during the punk days too. And he was just like, yeah, no other scene actually does it where other musicians or other artists go to other musicians' shows or like share their pages or mm-hmm. take pictures and videos and actually like compliment them and help them grow and all. It's like this city, apparently to him, like the Baltimore scene, I'm guessing is not necessarily like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing we're unique in the fact of like, yeah, you have a artist project or you're a rapper or you're or a painter or a sculptor. Yeah, I'll share your stuff. I'll even feature it. Heck, I'll even buy it. Yeah. Type thing. Right. Yeah. And I just really love that about this scene. Yeah. Yeah. There's some real true commitment uh, within the scene to each other that like, yeah, we're... You know, I'll buy your shirt, I'll buy your record, I'll go to your shows, I will tell people about you, I'll, like, excuse me, I walk, <laughs> thank you, I walk into a work at Company Brewing, mm-hmm. and a lot of the times, like, the first thing I talk about, like, when I'm, like, greeting my coworkers, like, I say, hey, what's up, how's your day going, and then, like, I start talking about Either the show I just saw or the show I'm going to be seeing. Right, right. Because, I mean, we I work Saturday nights, so, like, we always have shows on Saturday night. And I'll be like, dude, I'm so excited for this fucking show. These <laughs> bands are so good. Like, mm-hmm. these bands are a ton of fun. Like, there's going to be a lot of wicked energy. Like, there's going to be... It's going to be... Whether it's a really eclectic night of a, where every band is doing something different, or recently we had an amazing funk night, all oh, beauty, where Funk Summit bass team, Modern Joey, Axe Handle Hound all played together. That was a fucking amazing. That was one of the Beautiful. most fun shows I've ever Beautiful. seen in in Milwaukee. Uh, but it's like you know, I'm I'm just so excited. I look forward to it because uh, you know. Even if it's a band you've seen, like, five times, ten times, you know, like, a right. band that you're devoted to, like, they could still be doing something entirely different, you know? Oh, yeah. They, or depending on, you know, who who they're playing with, like, that night, like, what the bill is, is, mm-hmm. like, going to bring such a unique blend of, of dynamic energy. I'm really grateful to be involved in the scene as well. And Hijack definitely does that, too. We uh, open up for a Saving Able uh, recently at uh, Stormy's up in Beaver oh, yeah. Dam. Sure. And we were, we were kind of like, it's interesting, like, Max is kind of like the Aaron Rodgers of the uh, Hijack uh, team. Oh, nice. Like, yeah. he'll actually go out there, he'll kind of survey, it's like, okay, this is more like a uh, hard rock blues crowd. And then it'll come back to me, and it's like, alright, my playlist is going to consist of this song, this song, and this song, and actually tailor it more to the blues. It's actually a uh, lengthen this solo a little bit, actually jam out this one a little bit, and then we're going to close off with these two. I'm like, okay. Nice. So it's like legit like yeah. play calls and everything <laughs> else like that. And I think it started when we uh, opened up with our first national band, uh, One-Eyed Doll, mm. down in um, Joliet, Illinois. Dude, I grew up like 20 minutes away from Joliet. Really? Yeah, I'm from that area. 
<laughs> so, awesome. are you familiar with a place called uh, Mojo's? No. no, I'm not. What about the Forge? I'm not. I <laughs> okay. The only time I went to Juliet really was when I had to go to court. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I had to go to court for. Seems a, legit. <laughs> it's for a speeding ticket. I got to leave high school early for a day, uh, but that was like the only time I really was in Juliet. But uh, sure. So those. I, so those are live music venues in Juliet. I'm yes, actually, back in the day. Uh, Mojo's was the original name of the music venue, and then later on in life it got rebirthed as The Forge. Okay. And we played it both underneath the Mojo's banner with one eye doll, and then we played it underneath the Forge banner with one eye doll and oh. doll skin. Nice. And yeah, the whole entire tradition started from there of like, uh, okay, so we can kind of go uh, more punk, more fast? Like, yeah, okay, got it. Oh. He would actually just survey the crowds like, alright. I think in this type of set list, mm -hmm. and we right. just kind of craft it there. Like, it becomes a very environmentally conscious thing. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so, in terms of yeah, like what what else is going on with your other projects? Like, I know Onyx Cone. Uh, are you guys uh, working on recording as well? We are. <laughs> that was the that was the correct answer. We definitely are. And in fact, uh, Saturday I'll be heading up to the studio for that too. Awesome. And then next week Saturday I head back up to the studio for a hijack. So it's like it's interesting, like keeping all the songs and all the feels like in your head of like, okay, I'm playing an Alex Cone set. All right, that's going to be this arrangement. Versus, all right, I'm playing a hijack set. That's going to be that arrangement. Yeah, that's a lot of music to keep track of. <laughs> Approximately 230 plus songs. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that, that's, that's like me keeping track of everyone I've interviewed. <laughs> but, dude, yeah, I mean, but you have to be a very intelligent creature to be keeping track of that much. So, absolutely, man. I thank you. Not to mention the uh, timings, the fuel, and everything else like that, too. So, I mean, like, every song has a different feel. It's like its own different person, if mm -hmm. you will, and you have to try and like, while on stage, bring that person to life and animate it. Yeah. And create that character. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good way to put it, yeah. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fun though. Sure, for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess, should have asked you earlier, what are some of your uh, influences uh, in drumming growing up? So, I will have to say, okay, drumming growing up, Buddy Rich is definitely on there. Buddy Rich. Yes. He's like one, one of the best of all time, isn't he? Like, yep. If not the best of all time. <laughs> it, it's still a uh, toss-up in between Buddy Rich and Gene Krupa, I will admit. But Buddy Rich I'll actually put on the list definitely. Keith Moon from The Who. I love The Who. That's just, my dad's favorite band. Mm -hmm. Love Keith Moon. Like, his, just The Who is like one of the most fun, like, that's a party rock band. Yes. <laughs> just so many phrasing, so many different textures that they do, and Keith Moon is just completely insane anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Launching yeah. TVs off a 10-story hotel windows. Yeah, yeah, trashed an entire fucking hotel. <laughs> and I mean, like, I have not done that yet. And I have not done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yes. <laughs> right, right. John Bonham definitely gets the nod. Bonzo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bonzo's drumming definitely gets the nod. Um, definitely Ginger Baker. Ginger Baker. Yep. And I even had the uh, honor of opening up for his son, Kofi Baker, oh, wow. at the back bar. And that was one of the most intense uh, performances I did because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is 
the drumming legend's son. This is he's also a drumming legend himself, and I'm so friends with him on Facebook and all. Wow. And there you go. I'm just like all my timings, all my hits, like uh, our uh, wives, uh, Kristen is my wife, and Kendall is uh, Max's wife. Also come on tour and come to our shows and all, and they're kind of like our crowd spies. So if they like see like some shift or movement of like yeah the crowd might actually like this song they're actually kind of like motion to us yeah so nice. it's like oh okay got it and we'll actually like call an audible like on the scene and all but they reported back to me yeah this is the most crisp drumming you've done was for Kofi Baker oh, like wow. every single hit was succinct was precise <laughs> and I was just like. Don't screw up, don't screw up, don't screw up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I lost like 10 pounds of water weight on that stage oh, of sweating man. bullets. <laughs> but that that had to be like, uh, it's going to be something you remember for the rest of your life. Oh yeah, it's one of those that's going to be uh, for me on the rest of my life. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's just, I still rave about that show. And I think that show was like probably two years ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's still like fresh in my memory of, even his time signature of, oh, what was it, a uh, five versus three or something along those lines? Five versus three or five versus four, and I'm trying to remember it. And the way that he taught me this was, pass the goddamn button, pass the goddamn button. So, and I have this riff stuck in my head yeah. before going on stage. And I'm like, wait a minute, the first song's not that riff, wait. What's the first song? What's the riff? What's the timing of it? Go, crud! <laughs> Damn, yeah, holy fuck. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm legit drumming um, Reason, uh, one of our opening songs and all. I'm legit drumming that one, and I still have that riff stuck in my head. I'm still playing 4-4 four, four for Reason and all, and I'm still thinking, pass the goddamn pass the goddamn and I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> Keep on going with it and all. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, there you go, man. You. Yeah. It's like, it's it's crazy because you have to like. It's when your head's just split in two at that stage. <laughs> yeah. You have to compete. You have to keep that composure even when when it comes down to it. Mm -hmm. And like you can be as prepared as you possibly can be, but you know, holding face. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> and I love doing that in a sense because. The band, the uh, main flagship is Hijack, and my character's name is Hi. Oh, sure, yeah. I'm the one that's always greeting people. I'm the highly energetic one. I'm jumping up and down a lot and smiling a lot. That makes sense. Thus, I am high. You are high. Where does Jack come from? So Jack is the jack of all trades. Uh, he is the vocalist. He is the theremin. He is the guitarist. He is the dancer. He is the every single thing else on stage. Sure. That is him. Sure. He's like the character. He's like the... Right. Sure, yeah. I'm his firm foundation, and he gets to basically dance and build and create upon that. That's... I was gonna ask that. Good duality. Uh, so... Yes. And opposite to me, because normally I'm actually completely in all white. I still need to get more white pants, so I've actually worn through them all. Um, I'm in all white, he's normally in all black. Oh, So true. we would actually kind of do like the little bit of the yin-yang of like, yeah, we have a... A bit of each other's element in us, mm -hmm. however, we're still our own individual uh, paths and person and all. Yeah, totally. Very beautiful, man. Um, so, what about uh, what's going on with analog porn? So, I love this jazz project. Uh, 
This is going to be fun because I always love pronouncing her soul project Sans. Oh, uh, Melissa. Yes. Oh, shout out Melissa Sans. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she was, uh, she is the keyboardist for my best friends, like my really good friends, Will Frang and the Good Line Gang. Mm -hmm. She uh, plays with them, yeah. And she also uh, keyboards for uh, AP as well. And uh, that's awesome. Dude, fuck yeah. <laughs> like I said, everybody's like this whole entire yep. association yep. family. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And shout out to um, Andy Stoyberg, okay. who's also the saxophone player in AP, as right. well as also the guitarist in Dirt Bike. Okay. Hang on. Bass player in Dirt Bike. My bad. And he's also uh, the guitarist for uh, PAX, oh. as well as he's also in a, uh, another band called False Flag Renaissance. Um, I know I know FFR. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've been seeing that name around uh, around uh, Facebook a lot. I gotta see them too. Um, but damn. Yeah. Man, y'all play in so many projects. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> and I think it's because we just love the variety of it. It's like AP's the jazz project, so it's like yeah, I can actually do a little bit of Gene Krupa and a little bit of Buddy Rich stuff. I can mm -hmm. do I quick. Ride cymbals and a couple other uh, snare tricks, mm -hmm. which I don't necessarily do in hijack. Hijack, I'll probably go like straight up punk and all. Um, Onyx Cone is a little bit more kind of chill, laid back. So some sort other, of folky, yeah, some folky chill beats that I'll yeah. actually do, or some reggae beats I'll actually yeah. play with that I don't play in it. Some down tempo time. kind of stuff. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You. I mean, you have a. You can um, I can be dynamic in like exactly. all, all these projects and all. Yeah, you can, and that that broadens your horizons mm -hmm. so so much. Um, so is uh, AP. What's uh, in, in store for uh, AP in twenty twenty? I'm actually um, to be determined. Only because uh, shout out to Andy Storberg on this one. We completely understand. He's going to be a dad. Oh, congratulations, <laughs> so, Andy. So, I mean, like, at that stage, it's like, no, dude, we're going to just support you as a band. Like, whatever you need from us, time, a beer, diapers, we got yeah, you, buddy. Yeah. We're, we're going to do that, and we're going to make sure that everything's set there, and then we'll actually be back in the scene to uh, do a couple more jazz hop tunes to you guys okay. and all. Yeah. How about PAX? Uh, same deal, because uh, Storyberg is also the guitarist in PAX. Yeah, sure. That, that would make sense. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, PAX is actually kind of fun, because it's... Almost, and it's gonna hate me for this analogy probably later on in life. <laughs> it's it's that type of a folk simplistic punk of an acoustic guitar and a uh, cajon actually. Oh yeah. So I mean like yeah, it's quite literally a traveling band. You can place us in coffee houses. You can place us on stage. You can place us wherever. We're that much of like oh we gotta move, grab instrument. It's a very portable portable format. Yeah. Right, and I just love it for the fact of. It's just kind of matter-factual, in a sense, of the writing styles and the songs themselves. And it's almost like, it's entertaining and funny, but at the same time, it's like, kind of gets the audience to listen and to think. Like, um, one of the songs of 2012, is the refrain of it, ironically enough, is like, We, we all, all don't just live alone, we all also die alone. And that's what brings us all together. So it's like... All of us have our individual lives, all of us have our individual endings and our individual stories. However, all of our stories are written basically in this world called the same library. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's like kind of profound, but at the same time it's like, 
huh, alright. And then other songs we have, like Fight or Fly to Freeze, are just like public service announcements if you're ever poisoned by uh, somebody like putting antifreeze into you. Drink uh, loads of vodka because basically your, your body will process the alcohol first as opposed to the poison inside of antifreeze, thus buying you even more time to live in Latin. Yeah, we actually did a song about that. That's it. That's, uh, that's, we're going to have to talk more about that off camera. <laughs> discount shampoo, uh, yeah, discount mafia shampoo and all, and trying to knock everybody off by uh, poisoning them. So the way to actually combat it is drinking loads of vodka. Duly noted. Yep. Duly noted. So if, in case if you ever have a hit, there you go. There you go. There you go. That that's is. how you survive that. Yeah. Food for thought. Man, um, yeah, Ron, I'm glad we got to do this, man. Uh, oh, likewise, you are, likewise. You are, a, uh, you are instrumental in many bands in the Milwaukee music scene, more so than most people. Uh, <laughs> and I, uh, no, I'm, I'm just uh, happy we have someone like you that's just truly devoted to it and uh, has nice. so much... I mean, just, at the end of the day, you have so much fucking music to keep track of. But, <laughs> but, and, but you know... And I've even been, like, kind of, like, even gotten into other bands by, like, hey, uh, our drummer bailed, can you fill in? Like, the Brass Menagerie, I've done that for them at Punk Fest. And I even did that for them at, actually, I did that for Punk Fest for them twice now. Wow. Because either somebody couldn't play or somebody had to, like, swatch, switch spots, and they're out of Madison. So then it's like, oh, okay. Oh uh, yeah, I'll jump for you guys. I'll figure it out and figure it out on the spot if needed. Awesome. All right. <laughs> All right, Ron. Ronnie. Yep. You ever go by Ronnie? Does anyone call you that? Do you hate that? Um, no, I don't hate it. If anything else, I'm, with as many projects as I got, Renaissance Ronnie. Renaissance Ronnie. Yep, doing all the things. Doing <laughs> many things, loads of things. All right, Ronnie, it was great to talk to you about your music, about all the bands you're in, and, uh, you know, man, just, uh, just the, the the rock scene here oh, in Milwaukee, yeah. it's alive and well. The rich music scene that's actually down here, it's beautiful. Yeah, totally. So, Ron, tell me what keeps you up at night. What keeps me up at night? Well, considering that I actually sleep for like four hours a night anyway, oh, <laughs> kind of <sure>. nothing. Man, <laughs> man. You have, you've accepted that as such matter of fact. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, okay. I'm going to get my four hours of sleep, and it's like, all right, now off to practice, or off to recording, or off to whatever gig, or whatever. Yeah. If you will, even podcast. Yeah, exactly. There you <laughs> and go. And you keep on going and all. Yeah, man. What puts you to sleep, though? <sighs> <laughs> You're just t dead tired at the end of the night. Yeah, probably. The the I just, like, clunk and pass out, and that's it. Hell yeah, man. Well... Ah, Thanks for man. being on the show, bro. You're awesome, and right. you truly are Mr. Nice Guy. Thank you, man. You're a pretty nice guy yourself. I <laughs> thank you. Yeah, stay tuned for what's coming up in 2020 with Hijack, with Onyx Cone, uh, and yeah. AP, uh, AP Packs, Packs, Smidge of Evil, all of it. And the Unscripted. The Unscripted. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Oh.